Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing a review on a couple of podcasts. Well, actually a new one that I recently discovered. It's called RIP Diets, and it's from Emily Lubin, who just took over as one of the co-hosts of Diet Starts Tomorrow, which is the podcast that I review all the time. Uh, So we'll get into her podcast in just a minute. First, a little personal update, personal health update, personal arbitration update. For those that have have been following me and listening, uh, today was my last day of arbitration. Um, I've basically been in crisis with my startup company for the past nine months and finally had my day in court. Uh, I won't get too into the weeds here, no pun intended, Uh, but... You know, I, I feel like it went really well. Now, the, I'm new to my my greatest fear when I started my company was was getting sued, and this is very different from that. This is this was an arbitration. It's not like a full trial or anything. Um, but you know, this was one I was actually excited for because we were wronged and we need to collect our damages. And so, you know, I, I'm not going to go into all the details. I am going to start a Patreon soon where I will go into all the nitty gritty details. So for any of you that really want to voyeur deeper into all the details I want to share, I'm going to be doing it behind that paywall soon. So I will be announcing that in the near future. What I will say is that like, I felt really good. I felt I mean, you know, of course I'm, I'm over analytical. So my brain, when I go to sleep the last two days has not shut off. And of course I'm analyzing like every word I, I said, I do wish I had expanded on a few points. Um, I tend to be very brief when I speak, uh, and get right to the point. Sometimes I'm too brief, but I think that, I think our, my points did get across. I think I was a very credible witness Um, Our attorney made the other side look fucking stupid in many ways. So that made me very happy. Um, And so we'll see. Like, we're not actually, I was really hoping that we would get a judgment by next week. But the judge is giving uh, the, the attorneys a chance to, well, she wants the closing arguments to be submitted in writing. And she gave us, she gave the attorneys till December 2nd to submit those closing arguments. And she did say that shortly after she'd be able to, you know, come to a decision. So I won't know for like another month, which is going to kill my soul yet again. But, you know, it is what it is. I made it through the last three months. I'm so busy right now. So it's fine. We got the holidays coming and there is an end in sight. So, you know, I was really happy that I was heard. I've been waiting for these days. I've been losing sleep over these days. You know, I I think it was really clear that the other side was in the wrong. Again, though, the the judge can say, can do whatever. I mean, you never know when, if, if justice will be served. So we, we shall see, you know, we shall see. So that's that. I, I just, you know, made a nice cocktail for myself because I certainly needed one after today. All right, so let's talk about 
you know, health and fitness and food and all kinds of good stuff that this Diet Obsessed podcast is supposed to be about. So, uh, so last weekend, I, my boyfriend had signed up for this thing called Ragnar, which is this, it's really over two days. Um, it kind of expands into three, but it's really two days. And it's this really long kind of really race, if you will. It's a team challenge. I think there's maybe six to eight runners on the team. And I was introduced to it last year. My boyfriend did it last year. And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, I love a good fitness challenge. And I'm super into working out. But I am very particular. And, you know, I'm not just a joiner. I'm not a follower. I will be like, hell no, I'm not doing that. So the whole thing is they camp out which I'm not a camper. Now I do, I would like to try glamping again. Um, you know, back in the day I grew up in Maine, we would try to camp outside. We'd pitch a tent in my front yard and there'd be mosquitoes in my tent. And I'd tap out like halfway through the night. I'm like, fuck this. I'm like, I'm going in these mosquitoes. I can't, I can't handle them. It'd be cold. It'd be uncomfortable. I'm like, I need my bed. So I'm probably still that person. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, but I'm probably even more particular now. But I, I like the idea of camping. I like the I like the idea of glamping even better. Um, I think when I want to do it, it's like the way my friend Michelle and her boyfriend, her fiance Chad, do it. They have got one of those like sprinter things or one of those like camper type things where like you can sleep. You're basically inside the camper. That's more my speed. But anyway, so th- these are so it's like this, and you spend all this money. I mean, I think that you pay like fifteen hundred dollars to like. Well, if you get the the situation where they like set up your glamping tent and, you know, it's all done for you, but you're still in a tent. I mean, at the end of the day, you're in a tent. So Thursday, you know, they were all getting set up and my, my really good friend, Michelle came into town for this and her fiance, Chad, and you know, all my friends were doing it. You know, you'd think that I'd want to like be with my friends and do it, but I'm like, no, (laughs) I'll stay home. I'll hang out with you guys. I'll come have a beer with you guys, but I don't want to camp. And then, so basically what you do is you camp for, most people do it for two, I think two nights. Um, some people just do it for one night. My boyfriend ended up spending the night Thursday and Friday now, last year, he, like, did not sleep. And so, you know, and it's trail running. So you do three different runs through this, you know, couple of days. And and you're running sometimes at night. And so, you know, and it's, I think the longest one is, like, 6.8 miles. Another one is, like, 4 point something miles. You end up running anywhere from 15 to 20 miles, something like that, over the three days. And, you know, you kind of, like hand off your little thing to your next partner. And I mean, I like the team aspect to it. It's the not sleeping because I'm so particular when it comes to sleep. And I am someone that if I haven't slept, you don't want to be around me. I'm like not a good person. I'm either completely mute. I'm not going to talk to you at all. Or I'm just a bitch. <laughs> like I need my sleep. And, and I'm one of those people that I need, like, I need perfect darkness. I need complete darkness. I need my nature sounds on. I need a pillow under my legs and in between my legs. I need, I mean, I just am very, 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 very particular about my sleep because I'm, I'm such a light sleeper. I will wake up at like the slightest sound. And so I knew 
A, I can't, a, a tent is uncomfortable. I knew I'd be cold. There's people running by, there's people talking, people are like getting back in the, literally in the middle of the night. Some of them end their run at like 2 a.m. and they're in the tent. I'd, I'd wake up in a heartbeat. And so I'm like, no, I'm not going to like not sleep, get up, have to run. I mean, I think my boyfriend was trying to like in, like entice me with like, oh, we're going to be smoking weed and we're going to be drinking. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like if I'm running, if I'm exercising, I don't want that stuff. Like I'm either partying or being super healthy. And those two, two, two things don't really go together, especially if you're camping, you're uncomfortable. Anyway, I'm like, no. So <clears throat> I did go up and like hang out with them. But I will say, I mean, Chad and Michelle had to leave here at like, leave the house. Now they didn't sleep there on Thursday. I told my boyfriend, I'm like, don't sleep there on Thursday. There had been a storm and like all the tents were just muddy and the electricity wasn't working and nothing was set up. And I'm like, just come home, like come home and sleep, go up there in the first thing in the morning. He wouldn't. So he did not sleep Thursday. He like thinks he slept an hour. He's freezing. I mean, again, this is why I did not do it. Um, so Chad and Michelle had to leave at like 5.30 or 6.30 in the morning. And all I had, I was like luxuriating in my bed. I'm like sprawling out. I'm like, ugh, this bed is amazing. It's so comfortable. So, you know, I, my boyfriend's texting me at like 6 a.m. He's like, I'm like, did you sleep? He's like, no. He's like, he's like, I was too cold. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I am so glad I did not do this. And so, you know, they're doing their thing. And I went and, you know, I had a drink with them and hung out for like an hour. And then I'm like, all right, it's cold. I'm out of here. And I was cold just hanging out there. I can't imagine trying to sleep there. Michelle and Chad both said that they didn't sleep that well. Anyway, my point is that when you know yourself and you know not to put yourself in certain environments, trust that gut. This is one gut. This is one gut thing because all the time I talk about, oh, I should have listened to my gut. Should have listened to my gut. I listened to my gut in this instance and I am so happy I did. So anyway, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that I made that decision, enjoyed my weekend. Um, now I, I know I talked to you in the last few episodes how I've been cutting out processed sugar. I've been trying to do the whole foods thing. Now I did that pretty strictly for about a month. And now, you know, I, I lost the seven pounds I had gained. I'm back down. I'm feeling really good. Uh, and, you know, of course, things start to creep back in. Now, really what's crept back in is mainly bread. You know, like I'm having my half a bagel. I, you know, when when Michelle and Chad were here, we went out to dinner. I had some filet sliders, some French fries, um, ooh, some some pretzel bites with beer cheese. Mm, I love those. And so, you know, the savory, it's basically bread. I mean, that's really what's coming back into my diet. I love bread. I'm not, I don't have a problem with gluten. And so welcome back bread. Now I'm not going to like, you know, I, I still am eating mostly whole foods, but you know, the bread's coming back. I had a, a delicious sandwich. Now, I'm not a huge chain restaurant person, but I do like Panera bread with their Mediterranean veggie sandwich, the little side of chips and a pickle. You eat a bite of that Mediterranean. Now I get it with no tomato and no red pepper. So it's really just 
feta cheese, onion, and cucumber, which is basically the salad that I make at home um, without the balsamic, but it's in this delicious, I, I love Panera bread. I mean, look, it, it's in their title, right? It's in their name, Panera bread. So I got to say, I love their bread. Um, so I did enjoy that. I treated myself to that. I was like, oh, do I want to have soup or turkey chili? That's what I should eat. But no, I'm like, I'm in court. I need to sustain myself. I need sustenance. So I bread, I needed the bread that day. So I went for the bread, was very happy and satisfied. Now I, I, I have been craving sugar, like a freaking maniac. And I, I'm like, Mm, do I want to go get the ice cream? Do I want, but as soon as I start thinking those things, I'm like, oh, well, if I get the Rice Krispie treats, I need to get the marble bread and I need to get this. And I need to get the... and I'm like, it's literally like in my brain, I start binging. It's, it's literally like something disordered there for sure. But, um, so I've still largely stayed away from processed sugar. I mean, like I found a leftover Starburst so in my bag the other day. I'm like, oh, that Starburst was so good. I ate the Starburst found a little lollipop, ate the lollipop, you know, so, you know, I'm eating sugar where I find it. I'm just, I am trying to keep it out of my house because any, I'll get into it later, but, um, you know, if I have the, if I bring the ice cream into the house, I'm going to eat it for dinner. So I'm still trying to stay away from all the processed sugar because I know the holidays are coming. I really want to indulge over the holidays. I love the holidays and I'm, absolutely going to splurge. So I'm just trying to, you know, keep it in check until, until I really go out of control and let myself go out of control. Um, okay. So that's been basically my week. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I feel this sense of like, you know, hibernation season. Now that's not really a thing. Like humans don't hibernate obviously, but I do, I think because I'm from Maine and if anybody else feels like this, please DM me, please share. Um, to all of you, you know, when you're, when winter starts coming, like you just want to be cozy, you want to be warm, you want to like put a couple, like a little layer of fat on your body, you know, eat a little more carbs. I don't know. I, I do think they're, I just Googled it before I got on this, start taping this podcast and it's not a thing, you know. Um, they they kind of they in one article they kind of tied it to seasonal depression. So I don't know. I I always I always talk about entering my hibernation season where I eat a lot more and I'm you know it's really the holidays. I mean I just want to be cozy and have comfort food around me. So anyway, I feel like that's where we're entering. So all right, so let's get into my reviews of this new podcast called RIP Diets. Now, the host of this, her name is Emily Lubin, and I really like Emily, I have to say. Um, now, she is one of the new co-hosts for Diet Starts Tomorrow. So it was, so Diet Starts Tomorrow was founded by Betches, Betches Media, which is owned by Aileen and Jordana and Sammy. And Sammy and Aileen are the two women from this Betches Media Company. And I love that they're all women. I love that they're like, you know, women in power doing shit. I love that. So I really like these two girls. And they have been the hosts. And they basically are just passing the torch on to new people. They've really come a long way in their disordered eating patterns. And, you know, 
they're just, I think they're just sick of talking about their personal lives really and putting out there. They're probably sick of me reviewing them. I mean, I mean, I'm flattering myself by thinking that they've listened to this, but, um, actually they probably haven't, but you know, I, I understand. I mean, once you, you know, you know, they want to move on. So Emily, and then this other girl, um, Remy, her name is Remy, uh, Kasperian. It's, it's Casimir, Casimir. She, I actually have her other podcast that was, she had another podcast called How Come, has something like that. It has to do with like female orgasms and helping women find their orgasm. And I think, I mean, I, 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 for some reason I have it in my library. I think I listened to like one or two episodes because I, the reason I found her is because she showed up on the Taylor Strecker show. And so I think I started following that podcast because of her appearance on the Taylor Strecker show. Uh, but anyway, so apparently, you know, Remy used to be a ballerina and has a lot of eating issues and body issues. And Emily also has something called body dysmorphia. And so now when I found out that Emily had this other podcast, because of course, when, you know, I'm very judgmental as we know. Uh, so when I found out that there were going to be two new co-hosts of Diet Starts Tomorrow, now, first of all, I thought I should be the new co-host, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm clearly not big enough yet. So tell your friends about this podcast, but, uh, anyway, they're friends. It is good. I think to have two friends on there. Like I think me and Linnell, my friend Linnell, who listens to this podcast, I think she and I would be great on that show. Linnell, I probably ha- will have Linnell as a guest here on this show. Linnell's as obsessed with food as I am. And it's funny because when she listened to my podcast, she'll like text me. Anyway, she she's funny. I'll, I'll have her on someday. But anyway, so I think it made sense to have Emily and Remy as friends because, you know, you want that good dynamic. You want that good banter. You want the comfort and, and the familiarity of having somebody that, you know, they know each other. So, but I, I did, I was really curious to go back and hear Emily's uh, original podcast. So it's called RIP Diets. And the first one that I listened to had to do with her, it was called like fat girl mentality. And it had to do with her body dysmorphia. And one of the things that I had written into Diet Starts Tomorrow was like, oh, what qualifies these girls to be the hosts? And I think both of them are very qualified. So Emily has struggled with you know, body dysmorphia and a lot of, a lot of things stemming from her childhood. And she had, now she's a podcaster and she's also done some work in the comedy field and she's, she's a great writer. She did. Um, so what she wanted to share was she wanted to share, you know, what she gets, I guess she gets a lot of questions about like, what is body dysmorphia and like, how does it manifest for her? And so she had like written this journal entry that she wanted to share to help kind of talk about what, what body dysmorphia means to her and kind of how it manifests in her life. And, um, and I, you know, as I, as I kind of go through these notes I took, I'm not sure where her writing ended and where she just kind of picked up and started talking about her, her real life anyway. But anyway, so I'm just going to talk about like what she talked about. So So apparently somebody had written in asking her like what, like how she had lost her weight. Because if you look at Emily, she is in like a societally approved body. She's, she looks thin. She looks, you know, 
like she's never had eating issues or never had body issues. And she has, but you wouldn't know it just by looking at her. And so, so she was basically, somebody was asking her, I think, you know, about, you know, how she had lost her weight and really what she wanted to go. She, she was kind of recommending that people go back and listen to her first 10 episodes, which really deals with the principles of intuitive eating. And she credits intuitive eating for basically kind of curing her of a lot of her eating issues and body issues. And so, so she had lost a lot of weight in college. And as a child, she was, you know, what was what her parents called overweight. And she was forced to go on diets. And at that point in her life, you know, she wasn't self-motivated. She was really angry that she was like, labeled as like the fat one in the family. And she kind of rebelled because of that. So her family kind of treated her like this problem. And because she she wanted to rebel against that, you know, she didn't want to lose weight on someone else's terms. But she did have a picture that she kind of kept of what she wanted to look like. So once she got into her 20s, she was in college and she's like, I really wanted to have that college experience of being and what she perceived as the ability to have the college experience because she had a smaller body. She felt that in order to have that college experience, she needed to lose weight. And so at that point, because of that motivation of wanting the college experience, that's what she feels propelled her to become self-motivated. And so, you know, she, and, and before that, she had really felt helpless for, and hopeless for many years. She starved herself, you know, she really kind of tortured herself until she found intuitive eating. And, you know, and, and she acknowledges, like she, she constantly talks about how, you know, a lot of people, cause she promotes intuitive eating. She promotes, you know, your body size is not everything. But she also recognizes that she did shrink her body. Now, I don't know what her highest weight it was. I don't know how much weight she lost overall. But she talks about how she shrunk her body at age 20. And she did talk about it in, I think, an episode of DST that she did it on um, the My Fitness Pal app where she was like tracking all her food and her calories and she kind of became obsessive about it. Um but now she's kind of at a point where she's like, look, I know my body is going to change throughout life. I know it's going to, I'm, I'm, it's going to fluctuate. Yes, I live in a smaller body today. That doesn't mean that that's going to be forever. But she really wants to promote that what your body looks like shouldn't dictate what you do in life, what you go after in life, what you're trying to achieve in life, that you should live your life today. And so... She she started kind of talking about this journal. She, she was writing this journal because she was reflecting back on her childhood. And she shared this story about how, you know, when she was between the ages, when she was in high school, like between the ages of 14 and 17, like all her friends would hang out at the mall. And they all wanted to like, you know, all the popular stores like the Forever 21 is like where her friends would want to go. And all of her friends were in smaller bodies and they would spend hours like trying on clothes and like, you know, like, you know, modeling them in front of each other and just trying to decide like what they were going to buy. 
But she, you know, Forever 21, if any of you haven't been in, it's, you know, it's like the cheap kind of super, super like, like wet seal back in my day is what I compare it to. But, and, and I remember even, you know, going into wet seal and feeling like, oh, these clothes don't fit me the way that they should. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I was definitely not an overweight child, but you know, I, I had, I was, you know, chubby, I guess a little bit, not but, you know, societally normal in, in what society says is approved. So I do remember there was a girl that, that really was in, in a much, much larger body. And, and she really struggled in college, in, in, in high school and school. She was always made fun of. People would always point her out. So I understand that especially, God, when you're in, I mean, I remember, myself being tortured trying to fit in and trying to be accepted and I I was an athlete I was in a a a, a thinner body it's so think about you know when you have those those blessings and you still don't feel like you fit in you still feel awkward you still feel like you you don't know how to act to like make people like you and then put the fact that you're in a larger body and struggling and in your head all the time. I, I, especially when you're a kid, that really affects you. And that really puts a lot of, you know, it, it absolutely dictates, you know, how you feel later in life. And, and so, you know, when I heard this, I like, it really, it made me feel for her. And, and, you know, she was like, don't make fun of my writing. She was, she wrote this beautifully. I mean, the fact that she just like wrote this out, I was an English literature major and I couldn't write like this firsthand. But anyway, so she shares how, you know, she would look through Forever 21 for even like a shirt that would fit her. And she might be able to find like one shirt in the entire store that might kind of fit her. But what she would do is, because she knew it really was kind of like a losing battle to try on clothes, she would go and just rifle through all the accessories. And, you know, and it's not like she wanted to do that, but she also didn't feel like she could be heard by her friends. She didn't feel confident enough to say, hey, guys, I don't want to spend hours in the store trying on clothes, you know. So and and, you know, she didn't have that voice. Right. She didn't have that confidence to be like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? This is a waste of time for me. You know, so she just went along with it and tried to, like, keep herself busy so that she didn't stand out so that people wouldn't ask her, oh, why aren't you trying on clothes? She just she just like pretended that she loved these cheap, crappy accessories. And she said she would buy things sometimes just to not feel like she was standing out as like she didn't want to buy anything like she would just she would do it just to fit in and. She said that once she did lose all that weight, she said she did go back to that store to try on jeans. And at her, when she was at her heaviest, she said that she wasn't at the tippity top of the jean rack where it's like the largest sizes, but she was like, you know, a couple sizes down from that. So she was almost at the highest that they offered. And and she started there. So even when she had lost weight, she still went for that size, you know, say it was like a size 18. She's like, even though she lost weight, she didn't realize she lost weight. She was still going for that like larger size in jeans. And then she said that, oh, she's like, oh, these don't fit me. Then she went down the next size, then the next size, and the next size, and the next size. And until she was in single digits. And she's like, oh my God, she's like, I'm in single digits? What? 
And she was just so shocked. But it was because she, because of her body dysmorphia, like she just couldn't see her body for like what it was. And she obsessed over, you know, and, and she still, you know, she still struggles with struggling, you know, obsessing over tiny imperfections. She's like, I still, I still see myself as that fat girl. And, you know, she, she understands that the world is very fat phobic and, and she, you know, she recognizes that she was fat phobic for a while, that she had this desperation to fit into a smaller body to be approved by society. So she understands really both sides of it. She understands that the world shouldn't be this way, but it is right. It is. And, but she's trying to like promote the fact that you don't have to shrink your body. You're beautiful the way you are. You, you're, you know, you should be accepted the way that you are. The reality to that is society a lot of times still does treat people differently. And, and so, you know, she's like, it's been a decade. She's like, but she's, she's like, I still do suffer with some of those mental gains. And she's like, I still struggle with not, you know, being afraid to be heard, being afraid to complain about things. And she's like, you know, I will say that losing weight did give me access to things that I was cut off from before. You know, she's like, people that meet me now are much more impressed with me. She's like, you know, she's like, boys, she's like, boys weren't attracted to me before. And now they are. She's like, society treats me way better now that I'm in a thinner body. And she's like, but she's like, with that, though, you can't achieve self-love through acceptance from other people. So she, she of course, wants to promote, like, don't wait to live your life to where, you know, for when you're in this, you know, smaller body, you know, because that's what a lot of people do. And that's, I think, the the saddest thing is that people say, oh, I'm not going to date until this, or I'm not going to, you know, go out with my friends until this, or I'm not going to, I mean, I think I do it to some extent with finances, like, oh, uh, you know, although really I just don't have the money to go through certain things to, you know, but, you know, I, I think that we all hold our, sometimes, some people do, hold ourselves back from truly living our lives because of these superficial things that absolutely should not matter and should not get in the way. And so, you know, she's like, losing weight is not going to bring you happiness. You know, you know, don't end up on that hamster wheel. Validation from other people is fleeting. You know, you got to learn to set boundaries with loved ones. You need to self-reflect. Therapy helps. You know, she feels now that she's empowered. She feels worthy. Um, and, and of course she has that really good message of like, don't let your weight dictate how you live your life. Now, look, I'm, I will say though, you know, she's, she's trying to say that her happiness is not based on the fact that she, she's in a smaller body. Do I believe that? I, 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 here's my opinion. I do think that when you are someone that is tortured by your weight and it does impact you mentally and, you know, and, and you, 
I'm not going to say that that's going to create happiness for everybody, right? It doesn't. But if you've gained a significant amount of weight or if you if your natural body type is 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 a smaller body and because of habits of, you know, not moving your body and indulging in things with no nutritional value at all to the extent where it could be considered binging and you've put on this weight and you're not feeling happy because you're not happy with your habits and the habits that you have are causing depression. Guess what? If you have habit, if you create habits where you're eating more nutritionally, you're getting better sleep, you're moving your body, you you are shedding pounds, guess what? You will be happier. I mean, that's just... And it's not like just arbitrary weight loss does that. It's like, it's there's a lot of chemical things that are happening in your body that serotonin, dopamine, all, and, and, you know, endorphins that are released from moving your body. I mean, there's all this like just science behind why, you know, doing, having some of these healthier habits will, you know, impact not only your weight in terms of losing weight, but will impact your overall sense of happiness. So I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely think that, you know, she, she's constantly warning people, don't feel like you need to shrink your body. Don't look, weight loss sucks. Weight loss is not, you do need to be more structured. You do need to restrict a little bit. You know, they're preaching so much that, you know, no restriction is okay. Well, some restrictions, sometimes if you do want to lose a little bit of weight, I mean, that's where I, again, I, I'm not 100% on board with the intuitive dieting movement, because I do believe that wanting to lose weight is okay. I do. So, so anyway, so that's my opinion. And I I don't, obviously I have, I I don't want to give a a definitive opinion yet because I want to learn more about her and her journey because what she had recommended is going back to her first 10 episodes to really learn about her journey through intuitive eating. And so and I'm very into this intuitive eating model with an understanding that with maybe some caveats. So anyway, so I did go back and listen to her first episode because I wanted to hear what her take on intuitive eating was. And so the first step, the, I guess the first principle, they, they say that there's like 10, or she says that there's maybe like 10 principles to intuitive eating. And the first one is rejecting diet culture. So, you know, she talks about how, you know, look, as a baby, we can't eat more than we need. Like, so, you know, our our natural instinct from childhood is to stop when we're satiated. And so... You know, she she kind of went into so she so let's talk about this first principle of rejecting diet culture. Now, absolutely, this the diet culture mentality that's saying we all need to look like Victoria's Secret models, like that's where diet culture is absolutely bullshit, right? Um, that weight loss will bring happiness. That or or is this like? the sure way to be happy. It's not, of course, that's not going to be the only thing that brings happiness, 
right? And and certainly, um, I think there there's like there's my stance of you know wanting to live a healthier lifestyle for longevity, for disease prevention. And I think there are diets that work for that, right? Like diets, diets, there are some diets that work that, that you can be on a structured program for a definitive amount of time to reach a health goal and then incorporate the principles of, of intuitive eating, right? I don't know. So let me kind of go through it. She started talking about different commercials that she's seen, like the Weight Watchers commercial, the Cheerios commercial. And she was kind of, you know, and, and this is, you know, now Emily is someone that was put on diets as a child. So I absolutely understand that she probably hates the idea of diets in general. I mean, obviously, if your mom took you to a fat camp or your mom took you to a nutritionist trying to get you to lose weight, as a child, I'm sure I would be very traumatized by that. I would I would probably be one of those people that went in the opposite direction. I mean, all a lot of the people that I talk about on this podcast had those kind of parents or family situations that were trying to get them to lose weight. And again, my family were like, eat, 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 you know. So it is very different in in some respects. So, um, you know, I was always taught that food was a celebration, not something that you needed to like restrict yourself from. So, you know, I, I share my opinions, understanding that I grew up so differently than, than these women that, you know, Remy being a ballerina, I mean, that world is freaking insane for, for eating disorders and competition and mean girls and all of it. I mean, I understand why she traumatized, but Again, like the people, the families that are like, oh, you know, you know, you know, lose weight. Let me bring you to Weight Watchers. So she was talking about how, you know, Weight Watchers is now trying to position themselves as a lifestyle company, not not a diet company because, you know, diets are bad now. And and so, uh, you know, she talked about how, you know, regulated ways of eating restriction. And I've done a podcast on is all restriction bad. I personally don't think so. She's talking about, you know, the idea of diets and restriction as being bad. Again, I don't think all restriction is bad. I think, you know, if you are celiac or you have certain intolerances to to food and you keep eating it because it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make you feel good, but you're eating it, you know, so there is, there is purpose to restriction at times. Um, she personally thinks that the intuitive eating mentality is for everyone. And I think I agree with a lot of the principles of intuitive eating. Not all of them, though. Um, what she talked about is if you're a chronic dieter, you know, if you're not happy and you're always struggling and you're yo-yo dieting, you know, that's really where intuitive eating can help you. You know, if you're belaboring each bite that you eat, if you're staring at other people as they're eating that burger and being like, oh, how can they eat that? Oh, how do they just normally eat that? I mean, that is very disordered eating. And so, you know, I absolutely understand that there's got to be this way to get women, especially and, and people in general, away from this, like feeling like certain foods are bad right? There might be a time when you want to 
make healthier choices for certain reasons. But overall, like you should be able to enjoy food and and celebrate it and not feel like so guilty over eating that piece of cake or something, you know, that I do that mentality does need to go because no one should be living in that state of mind for, you know, forever, right? And so she mentioned, you know, as a disordered eater, you know, she's like, it will make you happy. She's like, what happens is she's like, you end up missing out on life. She's like, you know, society tries to promote this beach body mentality. She's like, you don't have to have a beach body. She's like, that's so stupid. She's like, that's marketing. That's people trying to sell you stuff. And she's like, now she is going to talk. She did get into exercise. She's like, that is on the list of the 10 eating intuitive eating principles but she's like let's let's skip that for now she's like diet culture tells you to skip the ice cream go for the healthier lighter option she's like you know she was brought to a nutritionist when she was like eight or nine and she was told you know you have to eat three meals a day you have to have those two snacks a day instead of really giving your body what you want that's going to satisfy you And she remembers distinctly, she talks about this time that her friend, you know, Britney Spears, Britney Spears was like a big deal in my world. And I think Emily's probably like a decade younger than me. Um, But Britney Spears was also like very prominent in her world too. And she said she was like, I don't know, she was talking to a friend about her obsession with Britney and her friend was like, and, and how like her body was amazing. And her friend was like, yeah, but she probably does like a hundred sit-ups a day. And Emily was like, oh, is that what she does? Like internally, she's like, oh, maybe I should do 100 sit-ups. And so, you know, she she she's like that kind of like, oh, maybe I should do that. That She's like, that's a, an issue. She's like, it's one thing if, you know, she, she kind of, she's, she's very into Britney. She talks about, you know, Britney and how her dad was like cooking cheese grits and Ritz crackers and brings her a bowl because she's Southern and that's what she would eat for breakfast. So my personal opinion about Brittany is she was so controlled as a young girl. And then remember when she started dating Kevin Federline and you'd see her like at gas stations, like with her Cheetos in her mouth, like walking barefoot out of the bathroom with like her soda. I just think that there was a time when she was forced to eat so strict and and work out so much that she totally just, you know, rebelled a little bit and was like, you know, give me my Cheetos, give me my this, give me my that. Um, And, and like you see Brittany today and her body's insane. Like, right. I don't, she's definitely not, you know, part of that conservatorship where her dad is controlling her life and controlling everything that goes into her food. But you know, some of her outbursts that she has, like some of her emotional outbursts are all centered around how much she was controlled, like how she wasn't able to eat the things that she wanted to eat and do the things that she wanted to do. So when you're, when somebody, especially parents, like try to control what you're eating like that, that's when you want to go off the deep end and you want to, you know, to binge on those things that maybe your parents aren't letting you have. So you know, she brought up Adele. She brought up how, you know, everybody, you know, everybody was like, people were saying, oh, Adele should be applauded for losing weight. And, and that people assume that other people are going to be happier 
or when they lose weight or that when people have gone through weight loss, that they are in the best state of their lives. And, and, you know, people want to compliment that. When the reality is that a lot of people are at their thinnest when they're the unhappiest, right? So on the recent Kardashians episode, Kourtney Kardashian, I really like this. Kourtney Kardashian was talking about how when she's been at her thinnest, she's, She's like, when I'm super skinny, just know that I'm not happy. She's like, when I, and they kind of showed like different pictures of her when she was at her thinnest. And she's like, I was in toxic relationships at those times. She's like, I used to be so caught up in the number. She's like, I used to weigh 95 pounds. She's like, she's like, and then the new normal became 105. She's like, now I'm 115 and I've never been happier. And you know, she's like, I love being like curvier. She's like, I feel like I bring that queen energy. And I just have to say, I like, this was a great episode. And that was a great message for Courtney to put out there that, you know, curvier is good. Like, you know, when you're, and, and I will attest to that myself, like my thinnest was when I was going through so much trauma with my ex fiance and I mean, I, I got down to my lowest, I just couldn't eat. And, and it was, again, I was at my unhappiest. And so I think that that's actually a really good point that, you know, people want to, when I, and I, again, I started this podcast cause I want to talk about these things because it's not necessarily appropriate for you to talk about these things like in everyday society these days. You know, because when I see somebody that's lost weight, I I now have the foresight to know that they could have cancer. Like literally they could be going, they could have a disease and I don't want to compliment them because they might not want to have lost this weight. So, you know, it, it is, it is something that you have to, you know, be careful about a little bit. Um, it was funny because, and I, I just have this last note that I'll, that I'll mention, uh, because so I, you know, I was listening to DST, I was listening to their first episode and I I think they'll get in their groove. I think that, you know, they're working through their kinks. It takes a little while to get people comfortable with each other, a new format, you know, it's a new show. They're probably both nervous. Um, but it was funny because, you know, they're both sharing a lot of their stories of, you know, things that they struggled with and, they, they started kind of making fun of like wellness and a lot of the people out there that have those like wellness accounts. And yeah, I listened to a good amount of wellness podcasts, like uh, the Skinny Confidential podcast is very wellness based and they cover a lot of topics. They cover weight loss, but also nutrition. They cover beauty. They cover um, entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, I think that a lot of the people that they have on there are the, you know, wellness gurus that are, you know, that the diet starts tomorrow girls would get triggered by, right? Like they, and I'm somewhere in between like the Lauren Bostics of the world where, I mean, they, their image that they put on Instagram is like perfection, and the diet starts tomorrow kind of demographic, which is realness and like body positivity and intuitive eating. And like, you know, we, we're not, we're, you know, almost trying to be the antithesis of, of wellness, but with an understanding that 
some of that is okay. I don't know. It's it's a little bit not extreme to the left where they're like, eat whatever you want and fuck, you know, well wellness culture and all that stuff. It's just, a, and I, I feel like I'm somewhat between those two. I'm like between the Lauren Bostics and the wellness and between the diet starts tomorrow because I like a little bit of both. Um, I do believe in a tiny bit of diet culture, but I also know the harms of it. I do like the wellness type of, you know, you know, stuff that, you know, the, the collagen and the, but you know, like I'm not going to do the ice roller on my face and I'm not going to do, you know, some of the stuff I I might make fun of a little bit, but I also know that there's a place for that. So we're all trying to find our place in the world. Isn't, isn't that what we're all trying to do here? Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, my show resonates with all of you that are listening. Um, I think we all, it's, it's, it's like the, you know, this continuum of, we all fit somewhere on this spectrum and a lot of us, you know, which spans decades, right? I'm in my forties, you know, these girls that I'm reviewing right now are probably in their early thirties. And, you know, and then, you know, people that are older than me had it even worse, you know, they were the people that were really inundated with culture and what women should be and what ugh, it's, and we're trying to like fix our brains at this point. Anyway, well, that's the show, everyone. Um, I will be, I actually had someone reach out for, as a request to be interviewed that I'm, I'm kind of excited about. Uh, so I will be announcing that pretty soon and, and trying to tape with her, but I, I'm not going to announce it yet. I will announce it soon. Um, I will let you know about the Patreon. Uh, I did end up opening up my own Instagram profile to be public. So all of you know that I'm always promoting my Diet Obsessed podcast um, Instagram. So please follow me at the Diet Obsessed podcast. Uh, but I also opened up my Veronica Santarelli po- uh, in Instagram, Veronica period Santarelli, my last name, because something I do want to write a book. And I'm realizing that it might not be all about like the diet culture stuff. It might be about some of the entrepreneur stuff and some of the trials and tribulations I've had as a woman in business. And I just, I know I need to kind of build that following too. So feel free to voyeur into my world at Veronica period Santorelli. You know, you'll see my exes on there and uh, all kinds of uh, good family stuff. So you know, I was really scared to share my my personal profile. I was afraid like some crazy ex-boyfriends that I had in the past would find me, but I'm like, whatever. I'm I'm over it at this point. So uh so anyway, follow me, me on Instagram, Veronica Santarelli, and also the Diet Obsess podcast. Uh please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Leave some stars, leave a comment, uh, tell your friends about it, make it your Instagram story if you feel so inclined. I've got lots of good episodes coming up. And until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.